Hey Ralph, how are you? Hey Sunal, good, how are you? Oh, I've been good and it's uh, really good to be talking to you. It's been some time, you know, it's been a while. It's a holiday here actually. But, so that's uh, Sunal uh, Debrao, kind of so, Vice Chairman uh, and Group Creative Officer of Ogilvy India. He's one of the nicest, wisest creative leaders you'll ever meet. But that, that, as you very well know, is what advertising is all about. I've got to know him over the years as our paths have crossed whilst judging at various award shows and things like that. But more recently, I've learned just how much of an impact he's had on Indian advertising. And now I'd like you to meet him and learn from him as he describes his creative process. Empathy is something that you have to live and experience every single day, you know the criteria he uses when judging awards. Relevance is something that should drive it. When you see a piece of work, how relevant would it be for its target audience? And understand just exactly why he should be cast as the next James Bond. Actor, filmmaker and blackjack player. This is Don't Judge Me. I'm Ralph Van Dyke and this is Sonal Debrau. Normally on a typical day, wake up around 6, 6.30 in the morning. Sometimes... Uh, go for a run sometimes go to the gym after that it's kind of uh, off to the office because i look after india i'm either in delhi or in uh, bangalore to look at teams and the work there you know and then come back home uh, and ask those two kids who kind of i see off in the morning what their day has been like and you know again try to coerce them to finish their homework you know so try is an operative word as i said in the whole day and then uh, maybe sometimes have a drink or two a wine now the only thing i didn't believe in that uh, rundown was the fact that at the end of the day you drink wine and i know for a fact <laughs> that you're a single malt drinker <laughs> that... and well you have been every time we've been together i i agree with you i love single malt and i drink single malt but i've lately begun to experiment with wine okay fair enough i'll let you off okay so what's the worst part of your job I feel that the worst part of job is when you are kind of exploring ideas right and uh, you hit a wall you know or ideas don't come in time or the ideas that you are getting are not just good enough you know so uh, this exploration of ideas right and hitting a wall is actually the worst part of the job but that's what one lives for in advertising so i guess uh, there's a, that that's the that's the duality that i like so worst part also and the best part of the job also i can i know what you mean and i think sometimes it's almost like um the 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 seeking of the inspiration is a, is a form of relaxation as well oh absolutely because uh, there's a peace that comes with being focused on that absolutely and you know i mean if you had asked me uh, this like 20 25 years back what's the worst part of my job uh, one easy answer that comes to your mind is you know oh when the budgets are low you know when i don't get the right budget or the right time for my project you know when the deadlines are too short yeah and then you realize no that's actually, that's actually not the worst part that's the that's the part of the job that we are responsible for you know we are responsible for deadlines we are responsible for budgets we are responsible for deliveries you know so uh, so that's actually that's that's the reality of the job yeah that's the reality and that that's part of the whole uh, system or uh, dynamics of this profession you know it's like uh, all the rituals that a surgeon would perform before before performing surgery so when you are young that's the first thing that comes to your mind you know that oh, i hate it when the budgets are low or when the client doesn't see that 
the right time for this right uh, uh, the time needed to actually finish this work is so and so you know but then you realize that uh, you are with the client in that together you know client is not separate from us when we are working on a project what do you look for in an up and coming creative a uh, uh, few things you know uh, one is that first first thing that i see is that a certain sense of humility you know certain amount of humility in a person because uh, i feel that uh, arrogance is one thing that uh, that's a killer in this uh, profession so uh, if you are a there are two things actually if you are a recluse and if you are arrogant yeah there is no hope for you in this there's no hope for you in this profession so i i look for a certain sense of humility right and this is besides the besides the work obviously the work has to be good the talent has to be there a great portfolio has to be there uh, a certain amount of intelligence when 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 you talk to the person but besides that uh, the the kind of sense that i want from the person is uh, a certain certain humility as i said and uh, one other really important thing is whether you like people whether you are curious about life whether you are curious about people so i would say curiosity and whether you are a people's person do you like people because uh, one thing that our job is not is not it's not for lone warriors the uh, humility and a, uh, a curiosity for how people think and how other people live that that gives you empathy and uh, you need that as a creative in our industry because you're writing for other people absolutely yeah empathy is something that you have to live and experience every single day what kind of work would you would you like to see from the next generation of creatives uh, we uh, keep using this term all the time you know it's kind of become a passe that the work needs to be uh, media agnostic uh it's it's we have to think ideas first and then see the best channel that can that it can get into but uh, it's not i mean at no other point in time in human history i think it was truer than it is now with the you know the multitude of platforms that have come in so i would say this next next generation of creatives uh, have to be kind of uh, conversant open to everything that's all the possibilities that uh, that uh, our our industry is offering now because of technology and other is to again uh, empathetic ideas but at the end of it all we will continue to talk to humans you know to talk to humans and talk to their hearts and talk to not just their minds to their hearts also uh, we'll continue to make uh, people uh, uh, engage engage with an idea Uh, laugh with an idea sometimes cry with an idea sometimes you get moved with an idea so that part i would not like uh, i would i would uh, uh, that the your generation not to forget that part and that's the reason i guess i i gravitate to audio because it is all about that communication it's nothing the technology rarely gets in the way of anything or or is involved in that sort of purest communication of just one to one conversation and and uh, and voice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I I love I I love audio myself because uh, I mean it's it's fascinating how, you know, when you just have a sound or just have a word or a 
there is no visual attached to it your mind starts to play so many more different scenarios you know your mind starts to paint the picture and obviously there can't be a better there can't be a better camera than the mind or the better painter than your mind you know so it's beautiful preach it enough <laughs> So what would be your proudest piece of work? I've been in advertising for such a long time that there are a few pieces that I really enjoyed working on and proud of whether it was the commercial that I wrote that got Grand Prix and uh, anti-smoking commercial that made many people uh, quit smoking hopefully uh, and I got a, a Grand Prix at uh, way back in 2000 when I was in Malaysia but you know uh, more than the work there are few things that uh, that i feel uh, kind of really proud of and uh, one is that working with piyush uh, early in the in the 90s in ogilvy we were an integral part of the change that kind of swept indian advertising and changed it from being a predominantly western and uh, english to becoming indian and local celebrating our indianness celebrating our own nuances celebrating our own idioms and our own languages uh, so that was that's one thing that i'm really proud of because that's a def- definite change that indian advertising took in the 90s was there a campaign that you think um, illustrates that well yeah I, there were there were a few pieces of work one after the other one was the cadbury's dairy milk campaign one of the commercials which is so much loved now Uh, even till date and makes people nostalgic is uh, the is a girl dancing on the cricket field when uh, her boyfriend scores a hit so that changed uh, chocolate advertising forever in india that also got the best best commercial of the millennium award from uh, from the indian advertising board cadbury is dairy milk so being a part of that shift so that was one uh, second was uh, that uh, when uh, uh, in 1999 when we were doing extremely well i took this uncomfortable step of you know uh, neil french said that uh, neil french was our regional creative director at that time and he said that uh, you know it'll be great if you can go to malaysia and build the office there so my decision to go there and uh, you know and making myself uncomfortable uncomfortable and going there uh, was a great decision that i took uh, the other thing that i feel proud of is the fact that in i worked in three different markets and in each of those markets working with some really good people and good teams uh, led those offices to number one positions in each of those markets uh, so flipping that what is the work that still haunts you to this day you know i i i i thought about it and uh, seriously and i'm not, i'm being totally honest there have been terrible pieces of work but none that has been so bad that it has haunted me till date you know you've blocked them out that's what you've <laughs> yeah, done yeah yeah blocked them out <laughs> okay but so you're not going to share with us one of the stinkers seriously i can't think of any right now if i remember i'll any i'll uh, i'll definitely speak it on the mic and send it to you all right cool okay but what if you could go back in time and if you could give yourself one piece of advice when you were first starting out what what would it be i would write the kind of reframe the question and uh, kind of put it in a way that what's a piece of advice that i would like to give uh, somebody who's starting out now do not go after the money 
do not get into a job for the money go into a job to learn so go to a place not for not for the money but because the place gives you an environment and the people and your bosses from whom uh, you can learn better than any other place try to go to that place money is not a primary thing money is always a side effect the more you work the better it happens you know or the more you learn the more the better you become the more the money happens but in the beginning of a career especially do not go after money go after learning and if you were starting out today would you still want a job in advertising or would you be a professional gambler oh i'd love to be yeah professional gambler <laughs> i'd love to be <laughs> i've seen you in action and that's one of my retirement plans that on weekends i'll be professional blackjack player yeah sipping my single malts and on weekdays maybe do a bit do a bit do a bit of film and advertising work but uh, see i grew up in uh, agra and uh, i'd lost my dad at a very early age this is pre google days pre internet days i had no clue what design was i had no clue what advertising was but i was so enamored and so interested in drawing painting and anything creative performing uh, you know theater in school uh, a bit of singing music so that i knew that uh, i'll get into a career that's creative and nothing else and uh, so somehow i applied to this uh, Hallowed Hallowed uh, Institute National Institute of Design uh, and somehow got in you know and it's only after i got into uh, nid that i fully discovered what design was what visual communication was what photography was what film was and as i got into nid i started to then discover that oh there's a field field called advertising you know and there are agencies you know So my 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 journey right from Agra you know uh, and my mum brought six of us single handedly so you know there were tough times why I'm giving you this long answer is to tell you a very simple question that if i was uh, born again i would once again get into advertising you know and uh, and once i got into advertising i discovered blackjack So I would definitely get into blackjack also. So that's what you'd be doing if advertising didn't exist. Yeah, maybe maybe let's put it this way, a blackjack player, yeah, and maybe a filmmaker or an actor, actor. Great. Well, that sounds uh sounds like a James Bond film. <laughs> Absolutely. So um let's talk about Leah. Why should someone enter Leah? Why is it valuable in your mind? I think the jury is really good at Leah. the jury and the whole uh, judging system it's a small jury and uh, uh jury members are all you know really top notch juries that are there so that's one the other part that i really like about leah is uh, the way leah kind of gives back to the industry through its liaison program you know these young creatives who are 70 i think it's 70 right 70 young creatives who are invited from across the world uh, fully paid for by leah yeah fully at least 70 creative people and fully paid for by and for them it's such a fantastic experience to be there for 7 days to be part of the judging process to be given uh, given so to say talks by you know many of those uh, celebrated judges that are present there and uh, i think it's like kind of once in a lifetime experience and i'm sure from their point of view such an inspiring experience 
So because of these reasons, I I really like this award show, Leah. When you're jury president, do you have a simple criteria that you explain to the the judges before launching into judging? Is there a sort of a, a a way that you have it laid out in your mind that differentiates a gold from a silver and a and a grand prix from a gold? The relevance of a piece of work. When you see a piece of work, how relevant would it be for its target audience? You know that piece of work. Uh, obvious, obviously, it has to be a great idea for it to survive from shortlist to become a medal. You know, first, it has to be a really great idea, and uh, a really great idea, fresh idea. But relevance is something that should drive it right from its uh, bronze stage right up to its Grand Prix stage. So that's one. Uh, second is uh, something which is kind of uh, uh, which is. I don't know whether to even say it, but something that the fact that it has to be not just an idea, a fresh idea, it has to be painstakingly, beautifully executed, you know. And uh, for it to advance from bronze to become a silver, it's the execution that starts to make a difference. Obviously, idea always matters. Idea is something that will see it through, right from as I said. Uh, idea and relevance will see it through from shortlist to bronze to silver to gold to Grand Prix, but uh, uh, what starts to make the difference is that even in terms of execution, uh, is there any fresh ground that has been broken? You know, and uh, so that that's how, that's what kind of starts to push it towards silver. And when it comes to gold, there are other things that start to play in. You know. Uh, and that is, I mean, what I would tell the 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 juries would it be that uh, you know you look at this piece of work and you really really envy the team that would have done it. You know that that that's something that makes you feel humble. You know that makes you feel uh, in a way. You know it brings you to the ground. You know it makes you f- it 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 makes you feel oh not just I wish I, I wish I'd done it. But how the hell did they do it? You know, and out of those few goals, you know, what makes a Grand Prix is uh, something that redefines that category. You know, may, brings it brings something absolutely fresh to the category. It breaks a new path in that uh, uh, in that specific category. You know, and uh, so th- that's something that I would kind of speak to my jury members about. If any of the youngsters are listening to this uh, podcast, I would say that yeah, uh, be absolutely relevant to the people. So basically, meaning that any piece of work that you're doing, it might be a proactive piece of work, it might be a it might be a brief that has come from the client, it might be a brief that you have generated for the brand because you love the brand so much. But every time, remember that that piece of work is not meant for you or for the client. Or for the jury, that piece of work will always, always be meant for the target audience that you are speaking to. You know, that person who'll who'll wake up in the morning and uh, you know, and when he puts his mobile phone on, you know, whether he sees that uh, banner or a, a digital idea or somebody opens the newspaper or somebody switches on the telly. So that 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 keeping that person in mind, I think, is the 
solution to a lot of lot of problems that we face you know and it also wheedles out a lot of stuff in a jury room and i don't know whether it's because when we get more senior in our roles we are having to sell these ideas in at the top level we don't have a hope of selling it in and sometimes the younger jurors forget that because they're seduced by the originality and and forget that it's a business problem we're solving through applied creative and it feels like the 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 more experience you get the the greater an emphasis you place on that oh absolutely let's do the quick fire round uh, it's going to start off easy do you keep a a reel still uh, or a portfolio if so what's on it no number 2 what would you say if your kids wanted to work in advertising please go ahead how many people have you fired 0 to 10 10 to 20 20 plus 0 to 10 have you had to step on someone to to get to where you are today uh no how often do you still conceive and actually write ads these days uh once a month what is the most expensive thing you own uh there's a lichen sculpture called pure land that i really love it's a taiwanese sculptor and i love that and that's expensive how expensive ballpark 60 70000 us great Okay, look after it. Final question: When do you plan to retire and make room for one of those uh, liaison delegates? Well, when do I plan to retire? Uh, they they'll have to really, really, they have to really, really fight for it because I'm not going to retire very soon. <laughs> As I said, I love this profession, I love this job, and I love my agency, so I'm not going to retire soon. Anybody who comes in will have to fight for it. <laughs> See, told you he was a nice guy. I hope you enjoyed our first. feature length don't judge me and if you did please share it with other people who might like it and maybe even write a review next time i'll introduce you to someone else you should really meet i mean i was a secretary to some of the people that ended up working for me <laughs> so it's susan cradle global chief creative officer of fcb she's had an incredible journey it's a great story and she's a great woman that's next time on don't judge me Don't Judge Me is an eardrum production for the London International Awards with help from Jesse Williams, Kate Wiley, Tristan Viney and Todd Felucci. Hold up. 